Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 50 for Wednesday, April 25th, 2018. How you guys doing? Welcome back, listeners. Welcome, new listeners. Um, 50 episodes. Look at that. Just like that, eh? We're almost at the end of a full year of this, this adventure. And again, still not an episode late yet, regardless of my condition. That is my promise to you. I'd like to make it at least one year. I'm sure that'll there'll be a time where... Something happens, I forget equipment or something like that, where just unfortunately, regardless of efforts, there might not just, uh, might not be an episode on time, but I'd like to, considering we only have to do it three more times this week, two more weeks, and we hit a whole year, a whole year of being on time. That's all. Just a little milestone personally, because those of you who know me well know that I'm usually two to three minutes late for everything. You know, just two to three minutes, just, just enough to consider, you know, to, to be technically considered late. That's all. And my goal, you know, I've, I've put this podcast out at like four o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday before pretty confident that people would still wake up and have it in their iTunes ready for the, the commute to work or whenever it is that they choose to listen to it on Wednesday. So, you know, I've, I've definitely rid that line, rode that line. I don't care. I'm not very good at English. This is going to be a fun episode, guys. I, uh, I have gotten over my illness. Uh, unfortunately, one of the other fellers in the house has the illness now. Uh, Kamara's sick. So I, uh, I apologize. It's very good chance that he picked it up from me, but, uh, he's, uh, he's now fighting with the illness. Uh, but I seem to be at the moment. Okay. I'm starting to get that soreness in my neck and my head again. I would hate for us to just pass it back and forth. That would be, uh, that would be awful. But, uh, as it stands right now, I feel good. Um, so I'm done. I'm done being sick for the time being. I, uh, I watched a lot of movies last week and pretty much that's kind of almost all I did last week. The whole week I was in bed sick. I actually had to, to give up a, a tasting because I still wasn't, uh, you know, hundred percent, but I'll talk about all that fun stuff, guys. Talk about my upcoming week in Kingston at absolute comedy there, read your emails and, uh, and announce the one maniverse winner. I now have a name for you guys, right? Episode 50. What a great time to announce that. Um, so this, this week's episode is, is going to be a lot of me just talking about movies. So if you're not interested in what I think of movies, well, it was nice of you to tune in this week. <laughs> And you can move right on with your day. Um, no, I, uh, I, I, I watched a lot of movies. I watched a few sort of documentary, documentary series. Um, I didn't want to, I, I posted on Facebook asking people like, Hey, has anybody got any recommendations of, of movies to watch or, or good documentaries? Um, I had said specifically, this is the magic of the internet, right? Is that you can, you can set a precedent or not a precedent, but you can set a specification and people will still just not read and respond. That's my, that's my, that is the best way to describe the internet. The internet is people not reading things and then giving you their reactions to what they just didn't read. Um, <laughs> so I had posted very kind though, regardless, anyone who took the time to message back and respond, I appreciate their time. But I basically said, anybody have any recommendations for movies or documentaries to watch? I'm homesick and I, I haven't really, you know, got anything in mind to, to watch. I'd love something. I just said, uh, two things, no series, please, because I don't have time. Like I could start a series for sure and watch a couple episodes, but I'm going to be on the mend and I'm not going to have time to watch a fucking eight season show. Like I just won't have time to commit to, to getting right into it. So no series, please. And then I said nothing with like gross food or animal cruelty. Cause again, not that I would like that on a regular basis, but just because I had the flu and I was feeling nauseous and queasy. The last thing I wanted to watch was something that would 
just upset me further. Right. So, um, so those are my stipulations, no animal cruelty and gross food shows, no series. And, uh, and it started off well enough. And then before I knew it, there was just a bunch of people recommending series and stuff like that. And I was like, all right. So <laughs> I didn't get a chance. Then I think there was two series that I watched, but they were like short, short series. And I, I didn't get some, one of them. Anyways, one of them, I got a, a couple episodes into, um, and then I was like, I can't watch this. I was hoping it would put me to sleep. To be honest with you, there's a lot of things on Netflix that'll just put me right out. But for some reason, as the week went on, I, uh, I started to get insomnia. Like I couldn't sleep. I would fall asleep at like three, four o'clock in the morning and then I'd wake up at seven and then that was it. I was like, I was awake for the day, regardless of how many times I tried to like roll over and pass out, turn off the TV, put on, you know, music or something. Um, if I put on music, I have like the spa channel on Apple music that I listen to like a radio channel. And I, I listen to that. And, and a lot of the times it'll help me just pass right out. But then I would just, I couldn't sleep. So my mind would just go crazy. I'd start thinking about things. And then before I know it, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes of laying there, I'd think of something that I'd be like, Oh, I got to Google that and grab my phone and start looking at things on my phone. That was just full blown awake again, just reading shit my phone. So I try to put something on TV, get right into that, start watching that. So it was, uh, it was a struggle. I could not find a way to just relax. Even my audio book, uh, I put on a few times thinking like, well, if I'm going to be wide awake, I may as well listen to that and just lay here and hopefully pass out to that. But even that I would just get wicked into and just sit there, sit there, lay there, you know, eyes closed, but still fully immersed in it and not falling asleep. So it was, it was tough. I had a real rough week of, of trying to get rest. Um, and, uh, and a lot of, uh, flu like symptoms. I did not throw up. Um, I came very close a few times, just knowing the flu symptoms or the nausea. So I, I got, felt very nauseous all week. I tried to eat a few times and, uh, I would grab a bite of something and just, just go like, I mean, a bite of something. And as soon as I started chewing and swallow, I would feel sick to my stomach. So I, uh, lost a lot of weight last week. I, uh, I definitely dropped down. I think about 283 was the lowest that I got, but that was because my body wasn't retaining any, any moisture or hydration at all. So you know, I was like, Ooh, I lost 10 pounds this week. I'm like, I can keep that off. But as soon as you, you feel better and your body starts retaining fluid again, it did pick back up. So back up to 287, I think, <laughs> but Hey, it was, it was fun to see those numbers off the scale for a few days. Um, regardless, I watched some movies and I'm going to talk about them now. I will, uh, I I'm pretty sure I can avoid spoilers in a lot of them, but, uh, but here we go. And they're all over the fucking place. So buckle up. We're going to talk some movies. One of the movies I watched, and these are in no particular order because I, I couldn't, I was trying to remember them at the end of the week. Um, but I watched source code. Um, I saw that in the theaters, but I figured I'd watch it again. Again, a lot of these I threw on with the attempt to fall asleep during and, uh, and not so successful. So source code I watched, that's Jake Gyllenhaal and, uh, Melissa Monaghan, I think is her name or somebody Monaghan, but anyways, it could be Melissa Monaghan oh, for fuck's sakes. Let's do what we do. We IMDb. Don't worry. You'll have to wait for me to do this once. So I'll do it on my phone. Then I'll have just IMDb open so that we can figure this out. Michelle Monaghan. I think it's Michelle Monaghan. That's, that's probably what it is. Source code right here in front of me. We got uh, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. I think I called her Melissa Monaghan and Vera Farmaga Farmiga. She plays the, uh, what's her face? Uh, Lorraine Warren from the conjuring movies. And she was in the, the departed anyways. So, uh, the movie in simple is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is on a train. There's a bomb that blows up and kills people. That's not a spoiler. That's the plot of the movie. And he keeps reliving these eight minutes trying to figure out who the bomber is and where the bomb is and why it's going to go off and all this fun stuff. 
Hmm. All while falling in love with uh, Michelle Monaghan's character on the train. Um, it's fun. I don't want to say there's a ton of action because there really isn't. It's kind of like a good, um, I don't know. It's got elements of like the matrix, but not the action part of it. Just the whole, like, what if you could go into, you know, go back and relive moments or go into a program that lets you relive moments. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good, a good little entertaining movie. It's not one that's going to win any awards, but uh, good flick. I enjoyed it. If you haven't seen source code on Netflix, odds are you will be thoroughly entertained watching it. Um, I, I throw again, I don't know about you guys, but I throw some shit on Netflix that I've already seen because it's easier to fall asleep to, right? I don't get invested in it. Um, the founder I put on also had seen it before. Um, really good movie. The founder is about, uh, Ray Kroc, who is the, uh, the, the founder of the McDonald's corporation. However, he is not the creator of McDonald's restaurants by any stretch. Um, if you haven't seen it also on Netflix, the founder, a uh, great movie starring Michael Keaton. He is the, the, the guy who plays Ray Kroc. It also has Nick Offerman and John Carroll Lynch, uh, who are two great, great actors. Uh, Nick Offerman is on, um, What's he on? What's the fucking name of that show? I, I don't know if I can remember it, uh, but he was definitely in, I think, 21 Jump Street. He played like the, the lieutenant or whatever in that. Um, anyways, super funny dudes. Um, but uh, but and John Carroll Lynch is a great character actor. He played, I think, the John Wayne Gacy clown character in uh, American Horror Story on AMC or whatever the fuck it is. FX, I think it is. Whatever that channel is that plays American Horror Story. So uh, he played... Uh, John Carroll Lynch on AMC, the walking dead. He played Eastman, the guy who taught Morgan how to, you know, treat all life like it's precious and all that. Um, he was a character on the show carnival, which is a great show on HBO that I loved that they got rid of way too soon. And, uh, and a ton of other just little bit parts. Uh, John Carroll Lynch is amazing, but, um, anywho, all, all the characters in that movie are great. Check out, uh, the, f the founder. It basically just talks about how Ray Kroc found this restaurant. He was just a struggling milkshake machine salesman and found this restaurant that was just insane with how they were producing food and how quickly and everything like that. Like the, the McDonald's brothers like changed the game and, uh, and how he slowly, but surely became part, you know, partners with them and grew the empire and, uh, and I won't spoil anything, but, uh, you know, if you know anything about it or whatever, it's uh, kind of like one of those social network movies where you're like, oh, what a great guy who built some shit up and fucked over a lot of people around him. Um, it, it takes those sick kind of human beings to grow businesses like that. So anyways, uh, but, but very, very interesting movie. Again, one that I put on hoping to maybe fall asleep through and did not. Um, Tucker and Dale versus evil funny movie, uh, starring, uh, what's his face <laughs> starting to sound like my mother here. I can never remember anything that it is. And I'm saying, but you know, it's got that guy from the fucking, you know, the one from he's, he plays like a lot of bit parts. He was the funny robot in star, star Wars, rogue one, uh, Alan Tudyk is his name. And then Tyler Labine is in that as well, as well as Katrina Bowden, who played Suri on 30 rock, the hot blonde chick behind the counter, whatever the ditzy one who's always half naked. Um, funny movie. Basically it's like two rednecks in the middle of the woods who, who inherited or, or purchased this like dilapidated fucking cabin. And, uh, and then there's these college kids who come to, you know, go camping or swimming and all that shit, uh, you know, near, nearby, you know, they don't, they're not aware of each other at first. Um, but then, uh, you know, one of the characters falls and hits her head and the other two guys, you know, take her, take her back to their cabin to 
you know, make sure she's okay. And, you know, they, they found her, she fell in the water, basically falls off like a cliff sort of thing, hits her head. They were fishing, they pull her out. Um, but the college kids think that there are these two psycho rednecks and that they've just, you know, kidnapped their friend or whatever. So, um, it's a, it's a comedy by and large. It's, it's a very funny and and cute. It's kind of like cabin in the woods, um, you know, meets, Ah, fuck, I don't know, Weekend at Bernie's or something like that. That's just very slapsticky, kind of funny. But the idea is that um, the small example of something in the movie is is one of the rednecks is cutting down a, you know, a tree in the back to to build, you know, fix something up in the cabin or whatever, and. One of the kids thinks, okay, I'm going to sneak over to the front door and see if we can find out where our friend is. And as this guy's like in the back cutting a tree, cuts through a beehive. So the bees start attacking him and he comes, goes running away. He's got the chainsaw in his hand. So he comes running around the corner screaming with the chainsaw in his hand. The kid, kid freaks out and runs away. But as the kid's running, he he's looking backwards and he runs straight forward into a tree that's fallen over and impales himself on it. You know, and then later the college kids go looking for their friend who was looking for her and they find him impaled and they think that it's them trying to send a message. So there's all these moments where the kids try to try to make a move on these guys. And it, it ends up being one of those movies where it's a ton of misunderstanding, but these kids keep accidentally killing themselves and whatnot. And it, it looks as if <laughs> it looks as if these two honestly, like very funny, dim-witted redneck guys were very sweet. Um, you know, are these mass murderers or whatever. It's a, it's a fun movie again on Netflix called Tucker and Dale versus evil. Very, very funny. Um, another movie I tried to fall asleep to 47 meters down. Oh, Mandy Moore and some other blonde bitch go, <laughs> they go swimming with sharks because they have a bad breakup and, or one of them has a bad breakup and I don't, I, I, I like shark movies when they're scary. This has got, like I said, Mandy Moore and Claire Holt in it. I, it, I didn't find it particularly fascinating or interesting at any point. There's no real character development. I didn't give a shit about either of these, these people. It should have just been called two twats crying in a cage. Like they don't, they're just sitting down at the bottom. Basically the plot of the movie is they go to swim with sharks in a cage and the cage winch breaks and the cage falls down and hits the ground underneath. So they are 47 meters down from the surface in this cage and there's sharks around and that's it, you know, like they keep trying to get out of the cage and then they need to get oxygen because they're running out of oxygen. And, you know, I, it just, at no point that I get really immersed in it. Now I was fevered and didn't give a shit about much truthfully, but at the same time, I never found any part of this movie to actually be scared for these girls or to give a shit. Cause there was like, they, they kept leaving the cage and Every time, well, it's not every time, obviously, but so many times they would leave the cage and go swimming super far, do whatever the fuck they want. And then nothing and like super nothing. And then one time, like they'd stick an arm out of the cage and then the shark would try to bite it off or whatever. And, and it's like, you know, I, I don't know. There, there was no consistency to it. So long story short. And of course, like the sharks went from like, they're just sharks swimming around to a trying to break through a little cave to, to get at you, like, like blatant non-shark behavior um if you ever if you saw that movie uh i don't remember what the fuck it was called the one with uh blake lively jesus christ that one just came out the the reef or something <sighs> i'm the worst all right sorry let's see the blake lively see that's the nice thing about uh 
IMDb is that if you don't know the name of the movie that someone was in the shallows, there you go. So you can just type the actress in there and find it. Or if you know that there was an actress in the, in a movie, but you can't know the name, you type in the movie, you go through the cast list. Ah, technology. How amazing is that? Yeah. The shallows. I, that one, like that shark, if you saw that movie, that made no fucking sense at all. That shark was doing so many like unsharkly things. That's a coin, a term I'm going to coin there, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, um, wasn't the greatest no, by, by a long shot. Um, but anyways, 47 meters down, watch it. Don't, if you like shark movies, it's, it's definitely bottom 50% of shark movies, but, um, you, you know, you'll have a couple shark scares in it, but it's not, uh, it's, it was way, way too long. Um, think, think like 127 hours, but in a cage underwater, you know, it really, I really didn't think 127 hours was that great a movie, but 127 hours was better than this. If that, if that says anything, oh, moving on to the nice guys, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe with the little blonde chick who seems to be in everything now. Um, not going to waste your time trying to find out who she is a uh, fun movie, about uh, was it the seventies, sixties, late sixties, early seventies. If around that time, you know, uh, porn industry in Los Angeles and you got Ryan Gosling and, uh, Russell Crowe who were playing like two detectives who were, you know, not friends at first. And then of course, you know, team up to solve a mystery or whatever, very good comedic timing, some good action in it. Great flick. It's brand new to Netflix. And it was just like a year or so ago. Uh, a lot of fun. I'm not going to even ruin it for you. I really talk about much. It's just, it's a really good, um, it's funny. It's a really good sort of funny. Um, I wouldn't call it a comedy, but there's a lot of comedic elements to it, but, uh, but a nice little, you know, comedy thriller kind of, kind of cop movie. So definitely check that out. A lot of good laughs. Um, I saw a documentary called I am your father. Won't, uh, I won't chew your guys ear off too much by talking in depth about that. But, um, the man who played, uh, Darth Vader in the original star Wars trilogy. So I was reading the, um, the description of this, just while I was sort of scrolling through the documentary section, the man who played, <laughs> I'm going to fucking have this one. I have to look up just, just cause of what happened to him, the story. Um, but then I'm going to shit on this movie. I am your father. There we go. So David Prowse was his name. This guy, David Prowse was like a strong man way, way back in the seventies, 60s, 70s, right? Cause star Wars, the first movie came out in the seventies and they, 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 this, this guy was big and he auditioned for the roles in, in these movies. And George Lucas said to him, he's like, okay, well, you're a big dude. We can either cast you as uh, this, you know, it's Chewbacca. It's like, and he's like, well, what's that? He's like, it's like this big sort of, you know, furry gorilla thing. Uh, you know, it's like a supporting character or we can cast you as the main villain. And he's like, Oh, give me the main villain. Like I want to be Darth Vader. Right. And this is before they even know what Darth Vader looks like. So he, uh, he gets cast as Darth Vader. Um, obviously anyone who's a star Wars fan knows that the voice is not David Prowse. That voice is a very famous voice of James Earl Jones. Um, and at the time they didn't know that David Prowse wouldn't be the voice of Vader, right? It was much, much later that, that, uh, that, you know, they did, uh, James Earl Jones. And that was a, th a thing that they were going to do only because David Prowse's voice was not very deep back then though. When they filmed this documentary again, called I am your father, it's much, much deeper. And he could have actually done Darth Vader's voice himself, you know, had he done it at his super late uh, age in life. But the point of the documentary is that after like three movies, right? Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. At the end of Return of the Jedi, there's a scene where Luke takes the mask off and there's an actor there playing Darth Vader. 
Um, and the big thing was that it was not David Prowse. It was not the guy that had played Vader for like all those years in the Star Wars movies. So this guy felt, uh, obviously very, very, uh, very sad and rejected and kind of a little betrayed because even the studios had like secretly planned to film the scene with the, the mask off. Uh, they had security at all the doors in case, you know, David, the, the actor who played Darth Vader would come anywhere. And basically the, everyone was sort of like, you know, you played Vader for all this time. It deserves to be your face when the mask comes off. And, uh, they'd gone with some, you know, classically trained, uh, British actor or whatever. David Prowse also British, uh, or English. So anyways, that, that's, that's the thing, a documentary. So this documentarian asks like, you know, Hey, do you want to reshoot the scene? Like, would you like to reshoot, you know, years later, and it can actually be your face when the, the helmet comes off. And, uh, that's sort of like, th this is the thing that pissed a lot of people off. And it wasn't until after I was done the documentary that I, I Googled it, but, um, that's the hook that they use to get you to watch the documentary, all the things that happened, all of the tabloid stuff, everything you're watching, all this documentary. And there's a lot of filler in it. It's not all horrible, but you know, they got you on this hook that, you know, that David Prowse is going to refilm the scene and he's going to get a chance to be the face when, when the, the helmet comes off and all that shit. And, uh, and they do in fact film it and they do in fact have a scene where they're showing it, but they're showing it to an audience in a theater and you don't get to see the scene ever, 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 ever. It's not on YouTube anywhere. It's not anywhere. And the reason being is that the, uh, you know, Fox never gave them permission to film a, a scene using characters and things like that. Um, so they're, they're technically not allowed to show it anywhere, but they did a private screening just for, for Prowse or whatever. So he could see the, the movie with his, his face, Saying, you know, hey, Luke, let me look at you with your own eyes, blah, blah, blah. You don't even get to hear him speak. Like, you just, you see some reaction shots of people in, in theater, like, watching it in Prowse. Like, you know, people coming up to him going, oh, it was really good. But, so, I watched that. And, in fact, so far, it seems like I've spoken more about this than anything else. Um, it is interesting. You know, again, I, I grew up watching Star Wars to so be like, oh, there's a guy who played... You know, and the whole documentary, they're showing pictures of like all the young cast on set with this guy there in Vader's thing, but with the helmet off. So it's like him standing there with his face and everything. But, um, but he got, he got screwed. Like they decided, you know, they weren't going to use his voice. They weren't going to have his face when they finally showed it. Um, but all of the scenes, all the lightsaber fights, everything like that, every time he's walking through a whole, everything you see of Darth Vader through the whole trilogy, that's all David Prowse. So that's a documentary on Netflix, documentary, <laughs> documentary on Netflix called I am your father. I watched that also. That was one of the ones I got close to falling asleep with. Um, oh, did I just jump? I just jumped right over an entire line. Didn't I, uh, watch Spider-Man homecoming again. I uh, log logged into my buddy's, uh, TMN go account. So I had access to that too, as well. And, uh, sorry, that one's not on Netflix guys. Uh, Spider-Man homecoming. Anyone hasn't seen it. It's the new Spider-Man movie. That's in the Marvel cinematic universe. Lots and lots of fun. Um, and I guess speaking of, uh, star Wars and things like that, I watched a sort of docu series called the toys that made us. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was basically, uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to be an eight part documentary series, but there's only four episodes on right now. The other four are coming later. And, uh, that's really, really cool because they talk about, I think the first episode is about star Wars toys and they go on about how, uh, what deals that they made. So the star Wars movies were coming out and nobody knew how big a deal they were going to be. They didn't know how big a deal the movies were going to be. So they struck up a deal with like George Lucas and Fox. And it was like, uh, you know, they would get, uh, what was it? I think like 3% per, 
for, for Fox and George Lucas to split. And then Kenner got to keep the rest or 5%. But the idea is like Kenner, the company that manufactured the toys got to keep 95% of the sales of the toys, which is crazy because the movies made like, I don't remember the exact number, definitely millions, but just as a small example, uh, you know, theoretically or hypothetically, it's like, uh, the movies made like, let's say 3.5 million and the toys made like 8 million. You know what I mean? So the toy companies were making more money than the movies made. So, uh, it started off with the toys doing that. And then of course, what happened once the trilogy was done and these toys that were supposed to, you know, they kept trying to make new toys and add to this universe and stuff like that. Um, and they talked about what happened when the star Wars series came back with the phantom menace. And, you know, they thought this Jar Jar Banks character was going to be super popular, which, you know, we all know, uh, definitely was right. Um, <laughs> so that's a, it's a really cool documentary, uh, documentary, documentary. I keep saying documentarian. And then, uh, and fucking it up. So yeah, a really cool documentary, uh, the toys that made us, that's the star Wars episode. And there's an episode, um, entirely based on Barbie, on uh, where Barbie started and how it was very difficult to get her marketed. Um, they talk about, uh, masters of the universe and he-man and how that was not even a TV show. Like I thought it was a TV show and they made the toys. It was a toy that was made. And they designed a cartoon around it to help sell the toys. So strategy with that was actually like, and now He-Man was the first thing to do that. So they made these toys and they were like, oh, well, whatever. I don't want to, you know what? I won't ruin any of the things. Cause I, there's still a lot I'm leaving out, but I just meant, um, you, a very interesting series in the, in the sense that you learn like what toy companies will do to get your dollar, uh, which is crazy. Um, not necessarily evil. But uh, some of the things bordering on evil for sure. Um, but check it out. And then, of course, the fourth episode is about G.I. Joe. So I would say, uh, say uh, check out the toys that made us. I think later in the series, they're going to have like Transformers and some of the other ones. But uh, but definitely check out the toys that made us. I watched Cabin Fever, uh, the 2016 edition. It's basically an old Eli Roth movie that for some reason they decided to remake. Um, and I got no issues with remaking movies, uh, but they sort of remade it like, I don't want to say shot for shot, but they didn't really change anything in the movie. It's sort of the same movie that was already made. And, uh, to be honest with you, there's a lot of it that was not as good as the original. The original wasn't like horrible by any means, but this was effectively just a really shitty, um, a pointless remake pointless remake, but not bad. I mean, if you like the original, you'll like this. Uh, if you haven't seen cabin fever, give it a shot. It's the idea is a bunch of kids go away to a cabin where someone, I guess was sick or like a nearby neighbor was sick, got some sort of flesh eating disease, got it from his dog. Then he gets it, gets it on one of the kids. It spreads, but that's, that's the whole idea is it's a sort of a thriller horror movie about getting sick and, and, you know, being stuck with it. Uh, what else? Uh, game over man i watched it's got uh adam devine in it or divine and uh some other people a lot of different you know bit parts or whatever daniel stern's in it as a hotel manager uh what's his face marv from from home alone and uh whatever the fuck his name was in city slickers anyways game over man is a comedy um it's three three waiters in a hotel who run around trying to stop terrorists who've taken people hostage in their hotel. Um, it's a very weak plot line just as an excuse to start having comedy, but let's put it this way. A lot of crude dick humor and things like that. Um, if you liked the movie, this is the end. You'll probably really enjoy this because it's just a lot of dick and common sex and gay jokes and things like that. Really 
I mean, I didn't hate it. There was a few parts that made me laugh, but it's one of those like bottom of the barrel comedy movies. Like it's not, it's not for, you know, it's not witty. It's just a lot of people walking around holding their dicks. Like like there's blatant scenes where there's guys holding their dicks on camera, just flapping their dick around for like, like, so it's, it's, it's really not, uh, nothing, nothing too intelligent, but I did watch it one of the first nights. Again, I put it on trying to fall asleep to it, but I struggled, struggling with insomnia. I couldn't. And so I just ended up watching a kind of a, a, a good or shitty comedy depending on when you're, where your comedic sensibility is. Um, I watched Thor again, hoping to fall asleep. I saw it on Netflix while I was dicking around. I threw Thor on again, not bad. One of the early Marvel movies, certainly not one of their strongest, but it wasn't, it wasn't shitty again, watching it now knowing what about i know about the cinematic universe and what they've been trying to do with it it's a good movie obviously you know chris hemsworth and blah 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 natalie portman um and i watched uh, suicide squad again trying to fall asleep i really didn't like it when i saw it in theaters um i liked it even less the second time that i saw it uh knowing what to expect so how funny is this is dc's this is dc's answer to the popularity of the avengers movies and everything like that is like oh let's do our our dc team you know, let's, let's get our suicide squad, squad team and, and see if we can get them going. You know, maybe, maybe we'll get people excited for this. Um, I didn't, I, it was just sort of stupid. A lot of, a lot. And I mean, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I found it really like they really over-sexualized Margot Robbie's character of Harley Quinn. And again, I'm not like, oh, she's a good looking woman. No argument. But how many times does the camera angle have to be like her standing in the foreground with her ass right in the, right in front of the frame. And then everyone's standing like, it's like, think of it like a circle, everyone's standing in a circle. So you can see the guys standing there having a conversation, but instead of the shot being inside the circle where you can see three people standing there, it's just slightly behind Margot Robbie's ass so that it's her ass in the foreground. And then everyone's standing around talking. Like, again, I get that sex sells, but at some point I'm almost like, like you got my money. I'm watching the movie. Can you just give me some movie? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know what to, I don't know. I, I find sometimes I find it insulting. Like when movies are painfully, obviously trying to do something. So it's not like I didn't like the movie because her ass was in it all the time. What I'm saying is, is that I found a lot of things to be really over sexualized towards her. You know, all the guards are constantly talking about, you know, you want to come in here and play with me? And, oh, yeah, hotness. You know, we're going to have to keep you this. I sleep where I want, with who I want, whenever I want. Like, just, I, I found there was a lot of that shit. Um, secondly, um, I found that the, the plot points that they made were really kind of weak. You know what I mean? Like, everything that was supposed to be super important was very weak. There's a lot of things that were just never explained. There's a huge plot hole um, in terms of a timeline with, like, them dropping a bomb off under the ground. And it was like, yeah, but but if that bomb went off, like, a week ago, how did you get out? And how did they get out? And all that. Anyways, the point is... And then, of course, what are they fighting? They're fighting these weird glass monkey monsters that, that don't make any sense. And the whole thing was really rushed. It was rushed because they were trying to compete with, uh, I think, the last one of the last Avengers movies that was coming out or some, or civil war, I think was coming up around the same time. So DC has been really struggling to try to make their movies like the Marvel movies and, you know, make everything go together properly. Also, I think suicide squad came out before wonder woman. Wonder woman was again, if you way back at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about it, but, um, 
I, I didn't mind that. I thought it was a half decent movie, but again, it's instead of being able to like wonder woman could save the day and it's like, no, it's wonder woman and like six guys that are constantly saving, you know, everything. So I just, uh, whatever DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, uh, movie wise. And, uh, it was really funny because the suicide squad was fighting these glass monkey monsters that made no sense over, over did it with CGI. And, uh, and then of course in justice league, they're fighting these weird, silly gorilla mosquito flying monkey things. Like again, just way too much CGI and very stupid, like no investment in the story whatsoever. I didn't give a fuck what was going on. Um, you know, and I, and it's not like I own stock in Marvel and not in DC, but it's like, come on, I get the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were really, really good. Um, you know, but uh, getting back to that, that commercialized stuff. So, so what I, what I didn't like about suicide squad was stupid story, way too much sexualization of, of Margot Robbie's character. Like again, just out of nowhere, they're all getting ready for it. And then you gotta have a scene where, where she's just getting dressed. Like the count, how many times in that movie is her getting dressed? Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's too much. Let her have a, a character. She's not just sex. Like Harley Quinn's character is crazy. She's very capable of a lot of things, but anyways, reg regardless, um, another movie, especially again in DC that is way too much. Like again, after your money and like, you just feel like it's a cash grab, nothing to it was uh, man of steel. The very first man of steel movie. If you watch that movie, the whole movie is like, um, blue gray sepia tone kind of thing, not actual sepia tone, but if like, if you took blue and gray and made a sepia tone out of it, that's the whole movie, grayish blue, the whole movie, the whole movie until someone gets thrown into a seven 11, then it's a bright green and red seven 11 sign. And then someone gets thrown into a Sears truck and then someone gets thrown into a Starbucks. And it's like the whole movie is like product placement, product placement, product placement, product placement. I was like enough fucking enough. Like you have my money. Okay. You have my money. I, you don't need to sell to me. It's not a fucking hockey game where every two seconds you're selling me another product, selling me another product, you know? Anyways, that's what I find DC is doing. Marvel has that shit too, but it's put in, in such a way that you're not, you don't feel inundated with it. It's either a joke. I'll give you a small example. In one of the trailers for Marvel's infinity war, um, Michonne, uh, Denai Guerrero's character. Uh, I don't know her, her character's name in, in black Panther and in Wakanda, but she played Michonne in, uh, walking dead. She makes a joke where she says, you know, to, to black Panther, when you talked about opening up Wakanda to the rest of the world, this is not what I had in mind. And then he goes, what did you have in mind? And she says, uh, the Olympics, maybe a Starbucks, you know, like that's that. And that's a funny joke. You know what I mean? And that's also product placement. Do you know what I mean? But the idea is that it's funny. I get a laugh. Look, you're going to make me laugh. That's fine. I don't care. But to just throw somebody through the front door of a 7-Eleven with a big bright green and orange, the first time those two colors are introduced in the whole fucking movie, you know, and then you big throw through a big Sears building and then, and that just, it's just like, no, that's just, that's just so you can place the product there. It's got nothing to do with that. You're just selling me on those logos and things like that. So bitch, bitch, bitch. That's what I do. I watch movies and I bitch about them. But uh, yeah, really didn't like Suicide Squad and go fuck itself. <laughs> and uh, then I got a couple movies, guys, that I fell asleep through. Um, I fell asleep. Movie called Let Me In it has that uh, Chloe Moritz, Michimachikapa, Wadabadafadaba, her name is. I don't know. She was in, uh, she played Carrie. She's been in a lot of different things. She played Hit Girl in the kick ass movies. Um, Let Me In. I wanted to get her name right. Her name is Chloe Grace Moritz, is her name. 
Um, it also had uh, a couple other characters. I don't think anyone would know. Co Cody Smith McPhee. Is he in anything that anyone would know? X-Men Apocalypse played Kurt Wagner. Oh, he's playing, uh, he plays fucking Nightcrawler. But again, like you wouldn't know to, to look at him. Whatever. So it's two, two people who are child actors. And I guess she's like a demon creature vampire kind of thing. And he's just like a little boy and they fall in love, but she needs to feed. I'm trying to think of another movie. That's, that's kind of like that. Like you gotta, you gotta feed your pet monster or whatever. I guess, uh, fucking what's his face. Newt or whatever from stranger things where he's got his little slimy thing that, that grows up and kills things. I don't know. I guess I really don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That's not new. So yeah, let me in. Um, Michaela had recommended it. She said she watched it. And it was like, it's like, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, a, a guy befriends a monster and she's also got someone who's like looking after her, trying to, you know, get her blood or whatever. She's not totally a monster, but she needs to feed. Right. Um, but fell asleep through it. So can't really tell you much about it. Uh, I fell asleep through the movie, Star Trek beyond. And, uh, I really liked the first two Star Trek movies. Um, but they were both, uh, directed by JJ Abrams who left the series to go direct the star Wars, the force awakened movies, uh, movie, I should say. And then he left that. Um, the guy who directed Star Trek beyond was the director of the fast and the furious movies. What you mean? A guy who, who writes movies, about vroom, vroom, bang, bang, zip, zip. Like, <laughs> like that's, uh, that's the guy who's doing the Star Trek movies. And it's not to say the Star Trek movies don't do good, but you know, they obviously do great with action, but at the same time, they're kind of story-based, right? There's a science fiction, not just a vroom, vroom, bang, bang, flash, flash, zip, zip movie. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I watched a few minutes of it and I fell asleep. Uh, that was when I fell asleep through. And, uh, finally, uh, again, I don't have big reviews on them. I fell asleep guys. I don't know what to tell you. And then one of the ones I fell asleep through, uh, or actually the first time I turned it off the second time I, I tried again, I fell asleep is a documentary, I guess. Do uh, God damn it. Documentary documentary. Um, called the nightmare. It's about sleep paralysis. Uh, listener of the show, Mikey was talking with me a while back about sleep paralysis. Um, I'd heard of it. I thought it just meant that you like wake up and you can't move and then your body just shakes it off. But sleep paralysis, I guess it means is like, um, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're sort of aware of your surroundings, but you're, you're, you're still technically asleep, but like your, your eyes are open and you can look around, but you like see figures or creatures. There's a lot of different things in this. Um, I expected the document, the documentary to, to go on about it, you know, and, and talk about some of the science behind it and, you know, some of the things people have seen and what might be attributing, you know, to it and whatnot. But the documentary after a long period of time is just people telling stories of the things that they've seen. And, they don't really, it never really gets a good, uh, you know, base to it. It doesn't, it doesn't have a flow. There's no structure. So it's just like sitting around listening to people tell stories. And it's almost like, let's put it this way. It's almost like watching YouTube videos on a subject. You know, the first one's kind of interesting, you know, five minute video, then you put on the next one and it's six or seven minutes long. And it's, it's a little interesting, slightly different story. And then after four or five videos, you know, or 20 minutes into this thing, you're like, all right. So just, it's just more stories of the same. All right. I'm ready for something else. And that's kind of the way the nightmare was. I, I lost interest in it twice. Um, I never found that it went anywhere. Um, 
scientific in any kind of like, you know, like the, there's the people are telling their stories and they're, they're theorizing. Well, I think, you know, I, I tried doing this and it made it a little bit better. And then I tried sleeping with a radio on and it, and it got a little bit better, but then it would come back stronger and there's, there's figures are there. And I felt like the figure was trying to tell me something. It's like, yeah, but it's like, it's like listening to people describe dreams, even though I know they're awake and it's a real thing, the sleep paralysis, you know, they're talking about like, oh, if you watch the beginning of the movie, natural born killers, there's like a silhouette in front of a red thing. And I'm like, this is definitely about sleep paralysis. Cause I see silhouettes. I'm like, you're fucking idiot. Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I certainly do not recommend the nightmare. I was really looking forward to it. Um, you know, after what Mike, my buddy, Mike had told me about sleep paralysis and I, I, everything Mike told me was much more fascinating than any of the stories that, that these people told. Um, and the way that this documentary was put together was really, um, really unimpressive. All right. So there we go. How about all that shit? Thanks for listening to that 40 minutes of me just bitching about movies. That was my, that was the, the largest part of my week. I managed to pull myself out of my sick, uh, to do two tastings on Saturday. I had to do two tastings. Uh, luckily at the same LCBO, my goal that day was to not shit myself in public mission accomplished <laughs> like a champ. I actually had to pack like, <laughs> So yeah, do I, do I, I don't want to be gross, but maybe I'll, I'll close the, the six stuff, whatever I did. I did the two tastings successfully on Saturday on, uh, on Sunday, I went out and had breakfast with my mom and I ran some errands with her. We went to, um, it was funny. I just went window shopping with her at, uh, at home sense. My mom likes to go to home sense and I don't mind going there every now and again. That store used to be way fucking cooler than it is now. I don't know about you guys, but home sense used to be able to go there and you'd find things with like slight defects and whatnot, but they'd be really reasonable priced, really decorative. You can find some really cool stuff. Now there's more and more things in home sense, but they're not really any cheaper than what you would pay for at retail. Like they have Yankee candles and stuff at home sense now, but looking at them, I was looking at one Yankee candle and the size, well, actually I was looking at several of them. Um, but the, the different sizes of them for anyone who doesn't know Yankee candle is a scented candle. They're like the name in scented candles. Um, but it was, uh, this for the size of it, it was identical. Like the price was identical to if you just went to the Yankee candle store and bought the thing yourself, like identical price. And I'm like, it used to be that you would get something for like 50% of the price at home sense, sometimes even less than that. Cause you're like, oh, it's got a little defect or whatever. But I'm like, why would I buy one of like three choices of Yankee candles here for the exact same price? When I could just go to the store that has this product, have an infinite selection and buy it at the same price. Like you know, and that, that wasn't the only thing. There's lots and lots of things there, you know, sets of glasses and things like that, like four glasses, 20 bucks. You're like, again, we're not talking about like long stem wine glasses or anything like that. We're talking about fucking like rocks, glasses, cups that you would put in the cabinet, 20 bucks for four. I'm like, you can go to Walmart and shit and find less And these are not even fancy, whatever. Long story short is home sense. I found used to be a much, much better store than it is now. Um, but Hey, come at me, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Do you guys find that? Do you like shopping at home sense? Do you have a, a new store that maybe, maybe is the new home sense where you go and find cool shit and good deals? Um, I played a game, uh, later on that day. I took my mom, you know, we do do all the grocery shopping and all that shit. I, uh, I played a game called seven wonders with her. Very fun card game works a lot. Like uh, sushi go, you pick, uh, you pick a wonder, you pick cards, you pass the deck around, everybody picks some things and you try to build a civilization. Lots of fun. Had a very, very good time, uh, doing that on Monday, back to the grind, working on taxes. I, uh, I started cleaning up my, my room. Cause obviously you spend a week in bed, uh, you know, 
sick, you want to sanitize and get all that sick smell out. So of course, with the weather getting super, super nice, I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, open the windows and start sanitizing and cleansing everything. So I definitely took full advantage of that. And, uh, and I finished my book it, you know, finished listening to it. Um, very, very happy 44 hours long that book, uh, and did it within a month, managed to find enough time to just, you know, either in the car or whatever and, uh, and listen to it and got it finished. So very happy, very good book. Um, lots of elements of it that were in the original miniseries and in the new movie. And I really look forward to the second part of that book. Um, in the next movie that they have coming out more characters confirmed for that. I know that they're in talks. They, they got Jessica Chastain. Apparently she signed on to be a part of the project to play Beverly. Um, I may have mentioned this last week, but if I did, sorry, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, they were in talks, uh, or, or are in talks with James McAvoy to play adult bill and bill Hader to play adult, uh, Richie. So, uh, you know, you want to find out more about those characters, go ahead and Google them, but that's, uh, that's the talks for the second part of it. So yeah, I had a week where I was sick, spent lots of time in bed, watching movies, trying to fall asleep, um, tried all sorts of, you know, the regular remedy stuff. I mean, when you have the flu, it's, uh, it's all about, what is it? And I had the fever too, right? So it's all about starve a fever, feed a cold. So I was trying not to eat. And even when I did, like I said, I take a bite of something and get nauseous right away. Um, I was drinking lots of fluids, um, but it was a long time before I was able to, to eat anything and, and keep it down. Um, I was going to do a bonus episode with my buddy, uh, Andrew Chapman. Um, that didn't happen obviously because of the illness, but I, I was chatting with Andy today and him and I are looking forward to sitting down another time. Just a super, super good dude. His album to put it in perspective, uh, Andy's album. Um, so there's this, I think it's called, God damn it. I had it there earlier. Now I don't, I'm not prepared. Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to talk about either for the record, everybody. You know, it seems like, why don't I have my shit together? Well, cause I didn't know I was going to talk about it, you know? And then I get run in my mouth and realize I bit off more than I can chew. I don't quite know what it is I'm going to say about it. And then I start going down a road and I go, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Ah, oh, the joys of being me also running my mouth right now. Oh, okay. So it's called, oh yeah, this I was running my mouth. Haha. Pulled the old bait and switch. Cause I was buying myself time to find it on Facebook. So, uh, Andrew's, um, album. Oh yeah. This is nominated for a Canadian comedy award for best comedy album this year. So, um, I, I want to sit down with, uh, with Andy and talk with him and see how, uh, see how he's doing and, uh, and, and get some good news. Maybe, maybe it'll be before or, uh, or after the awards, who knows? Um, and what else do I have for you guys? You know, oh, the, uh, the winner of the one maniverse competition, comp competition contest. I only had two submissions guys, uh, Tiffany and Chris, uh, Chris submitted the, uh, the onesies, you know, to call my listeners, you guys, the onesies and, uh, and Tiffany had singletons in there. And I got to say, uh, between the two of them, again, not enough, uh, submissions for, to, to put out a big poll and expect everyone to vote on it and everything like that. I'm just going to go with the one that my gut that, uh, to be honest with you, the first time I saw it, I really just, I really liked it and, uh, and really was like, you know what? I could definitely see calling my listeners that. And that's, uh, that's the, the big, uh, the big winner here. Drum roll is, uh, my buddy, Chris, Chris, uh, and onesies. I, I really like that. So Chris is going to win a $50 gift certificate to, uh, to a place of his choice. Um, congratulations to Chris and, and Tiffany, thank you so much for your submission. I appreciate the fact that, uh, that you spent the time to come up with some names, but I just love the idea of calling you guys onesies. My listeners, uh, henceforth will, will be known as onesies. So, uh, Hey onesies, how are you guys doing this week? Um, I'm, I'm good for that. I'm just, you know what? I, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm just happy to not be sick anymore. It was a rough week. Every, every 10, 15 minutes, 
going to the bathroom, right? Spraying like a skunk out of my back end. Oh, there's a visual for you. You know, I'm just glad that that part's over right now. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to not being that way anymore. Oh, Hey, there's a sound that I heard many times last week, right? Oh, like a Vietnam war vet, just having flashbacks and feeling terrible about it. I, uh, it's time guys for the sponsors. And of course this week, uh, as always my sponsor, uh, from portablepress.com is uncle John's bathroom reader and which, which book did I choose to read from this week? Oh yes. Their old faithful book, like the geyser in Yellowstone. Is it in Yellowstone? It doesn't matter. I never know what I'm talking about. The one that just blasts all the time on the regular, just fire in that wetness. I figured, Hey, I can relate to that, especially after last week. So why not read from old faithful? And that's what I'm going to do. And this week, the article I chose from uncle John's old faithful bathroom reader, their 30th anniversary edition. That is the most recent one. Uh, the article I chose is called the speed of stuff. Huh? So how about that shit? Life moves pretty fast. Sometimes how fast check out these numbers, glass breaking, the cracks move at a speed of up to 3000 miles per hour blood. It circulates at a rate of about three feet per second, a little more than two miles per hour signals from the brain. When you want to move your hand, your brain sends the signal to the muscles at a speed of about 250 miles per hour rain. Regular moderate precipitation falls from the sky at about 20 miles per hour. Snow, most snow drifts, uh, sorry, most snow drifts down at six feet per second or 4.1 miles per hour. Electricity, uh, it travels across a copper wire at 96% of the speed of light. And that's 643,791,600. Sorry, fuck. And I fucked it up when I read that originally too. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that wrong when I read it. I'm going to do it again. So again, electricity travels across a copper wire at 96% of the speed of light. That's 643,791,964 miles per hour. Uh, urine. Hey, hey, hey. The average pee leaving the body, uh, amounts to about two cups over the course of 25 seconds in terms of speed. That's 20 milliliters per second. Yeah. And that's what happens when it comes to the back. Eh? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, typing, typing at a rate of 60 words per minute is pretty fast, but in terms of land speed, it's only, uh, about one mile per hour. The average walking speed for a human is three miles per hour. Uh, an ejected champagne cork, the contents are under pressure. So when that cork is finally released, it does so at a speed of 25 miles per hour, a fart, uh, glass leaving, sorry, glass, gas, leaving the body through the rear exit. Oh, the rear exit. You say. That's funny. I haven't had many dick farts. How <laughs> funny from the, through the rear exit. Huh? Ladies, we all know that you have queefs, but they're not technically farts, right? You ladies can do the front farts, but, uh, but anyways, gas leaving the body through the rear exit can do so as fast as, uh, 10 feet per second or roughly seven miles per hour. A bullet. The fastest ones shoot out of a gun somewhere near 1800 miles per hour, which means Superman flies just a little bit faster than that. And a sneeze. Not only does it propel about 100,000 germs into the air, but the air in a sneeze can move as fast as 100 miles per hour. Gesundheit. And the running feet at the bottom of this page is your skin weighs about 11 pounds. Or, uh, I would imagine if you're a big fat fuck like me, probably more than that. Cause I got a lot of that extra skin there. So there you go, guys. That was Uncle John's Old Faithful Bathroom Reader. 
from my partners at PortablePress.com. So check out their books. They got all sorts of fun stuff with all sorts of interesting and gross information just like that. And of course, my other partners this week, I will be performing at Absolute Comedy in Kingston. So why not listen to a lovely little promo from them now? Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. <sighs> Your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Still waiting on uh, some word as to when Summersby Watermelon is going to come out. But again, you guys will be the first to know. So as soon as I hear more on that, I will share the good news with you guys because I cannot wait to taste that sweet, sweet, sweet Summersby. And who else do we have? Oh, I feel like I'm forgetting someone, right? Every week we go through this bullshit. You know I'm not forgetting them. My partner's at DK, Dorling Kindersley. Those guys out of fucking bomb diggity. And this week I read their book, Avengers, the ultimate guide, the new edition. Um, you guys got to check this out, man. Can't even, I don't even know where to start in this book. Um, it is, it is truly the ultimate guide to the Avengers, everything from their humble beginnings, where they started. And I got to tell you guys, the Avengers predate the X-Men, the justice league, I think I'm pretty damn sure I would, I would put a lot of money on it predates the justice league. They are the first grouping of superheroes. Um, they started in 1963, I believe it is. Um, if I remember correctly, I've got the book on the shelf, but yeah, 1963 and the original Avengers were, uh, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And who was their first villain that they were after was Loki. So just like in the movies, Loki was the very first um, villain the Avengers faced. Uh, this book goes through it all, guys. It goes through everything. It has timelines that let you know when things happened. Um, like just, just a quick at-a-glance timelines where you can sort of get an idea. It gives you full-page details on all all of the characters who have ever been in the Avengers because the Avengers has evolved as time's gone on and they've had the West coast Avengers and, and whatnot. They've had so many things happen. They've got 
breakdowns in this. Of course, it's DK, so it's all stunning visuals showing you the covers of all of the books and everything like that, uh, all the comics and, and all the major events. They've got big key key comic moments where they talk about you know an issue and what happened to that issue and how it changed things. They've got pages that break down the Avengers Mansion and show you all of all of how it was designed and all the different rooms and things that happen in there. They break down the Quinjet. What's the Quinjet? Well, that's the jet from the movie. I mean, it's it obviously was in the comics, big part of the comics, but. Uh, it's the jet that you see in the movie. It's the jet that Hulk is in when uh, at the end of Age of Ultron, who I will speak about in a moment, but Age of Ultron, where he just turns off the thing and goes stealth and no one can find him. And then he lands on the on that planet in uh, Thor Ragnarok. So that's the Quinjet. That's that's the Avengers, you know, um, I don't know, mobile, <laughs> the Avengers mo flying plane. Um so it talks about the Quinjet. It talks about all sorts of different things. It definitely talks about all of the villains. And Ultron is a huge villain for the Avengers. And now in the movies, it was Tony Stark that had designed him. But uh, in the comics, it was Hank Pym, who is the guy who played the original Ant-Man. Um, so Ant- Ant-Man was the one who designed Ultron. And then later on, he you know became sentient and, and kept us, kept trying to destroy the Avengers. Um, but but I could, I could talk about so many different lines. It also shows you Captain America thought and ice captain america was actually uh originally created you know in the 30s um you know as a world war ii you know rally kind of thing but when uh when the avengers and and stan lee and jack kirby started sort of recreating um interest in certain characters and creating shitloads of new characters in like 1962 all of the big marvel characters that we know and love today were all pretty much introduced in a span of like three four years um they were they did a couple little test uh, issues that i've read in, uh, I think it was strange tales. They had one where people were like, Oh, it's captain America again. And it ended up being some, just some bad guy dressed up as captain America. But, uh, at the end of the issue, they're like, well, as you can guess, this was a test to see if you guys are interested in actually seeing captain America in some comics. Like, so write us in and let us know. And then like six months later, you know, or well, maybe not six months later, but, but not a too, too long time later, uh, the Avengers, I believe it was issue number four, you know, they, they're pulling captain America out of the ice, uh, you know, and, uh, and here we are Captain America and, uh, part of the Avengers. So, um, this book, if you love the Avengers, the movie's coming out this week, it's, it's out this week, grab this book, you know, uh, Avenger DK's, you know, the Avengers ultimate guide, new edition, grab it. It's outstanding. It's going to answer so many questions that you have about the Avengers. It has everything, not just the characters, but like love stories and things like that, you know? So obviously about vision and Scarlet, Witch. it's going to talk about Quicksilver more because he got killed off. Uh, relatively quickly in the movies. And a lot of that is due to the part he's also in foxes like uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are the children of Magneto and Fox owns all of the rights to um, mutants, right? Which is why they own Deadpool and everything like that. They own everything and they even own the term mutant, which is why they're not, nobody's called a mutant in the Marvel cinematic universe. They're called the enhanced you know, um, so now that Disney is buying Fox, I heard some more information on that today is, uh, that, that deal is expected to complete in 2019. Um, Disney is buying back, uh, Fox. So they will own all the rights to mutants and everything like that. Again, so you can see Marvel cinematic universe getting even larger with more and more characters, uh, that they will be acquiring back from Fox as well as the fantastic four, uh, that, that Fox owns the Marvel will be getting that back in the, the form of the Disney Marvel studios. So, um, 
all that shit is not in the book. That's just me talking about all the stuff. I'm, I'm geeking out over it, but, um, the, the, the Avengers book by DK is crazy good. If you like this shit at all, this is an incredible encyclopedia of all, all important things. Uh, Avengers, um, everything from all the characters have been a part, right? That at some point, each member of the fantastic four has been a, a part of the Avengers. Uh, Spider-Man has been a part of the Avengers. Wolverine has been part of the Avengers. So, um, check this book out and then, uh, you know, you get a chance to, to read it for a few days and learn some shit before this huge cinematic event happens. So as always, I will put the links to the book on Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to get your own copy, you can do that. You can take a peek at what it looks like on Instagram. Um, if you're not following or any of those things, do that. That's a great way to be kept up to date as to, as to what's going on with that. But, um, if you have kids or anything like that, these books, this book, uh, obviously all the DK books are great, but this book in particular, um, super, super nice. They got one on guardians of the galaxy too, that delve into them and their timelines and fun stuff like that. And then of course you can get individual ones based on the character earlier this year, I reviewed the black Panther book. So there's lots to get updated. DK does a wonderfully beautiful visual, uh, on this. So check that out guys. And that's, that's the sponsors for, for the week. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, DK Summersby absolute. And of course, portablepress.com, the bathroom readers, um, coming up this week, more taxes. Yay. That's what I'll be working on as soon as this is done recording right back to taxes. I got to work on them a bit tomorrow and then I get ready to do my wake at absolute comedy in Kingston. So I will be driving down and then driving back. Uh, I got my, uh, it was funny while I was sick. My mom, I mentioned this very briefly to you guys last week is my mom called me up and she's like, I want, can you help me buy those tickets for infinity work? Cause they're selling out everywhere. Like there's tons of theaters in Ottawa that are completely sold out of them for like the first whole weekend. So she's like, I don't want to not get a ticket. Can you help me? And I told her I was in Kingston. So I was going to have to see it there. And she said, you know, well, why don't we just go see it together? I'll, I'll come with you down to Kingston. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be going down on Wednesday to do the show and then driving home afterwards. And then on Thursday, I'll drive down with my mom. I'll do the, uh, the show at absolute comedy. And then we're going to haul ass from the show to go see, uh, Avengers infinity war. I'm super fucking excited. All sorts of YouTube videos and little people making comments there. I know that there is a big screening for it in Los Angeles today. Um, so I'm going to try to stay away from social media because a lot of people are going to be talking about that. There's going to be little spoiler pieces here and there. I will not spoil it for you guys, but I can tell you right now, next week's episode is going to have, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just encourage you to go see it. If it's any good, you know, who knows if it'll be good or not, but uh, we'll find out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to happen Thursday night. I'm going to see infinity war and then, uh, and then spend the rest of the weekend in, uh, in Kingston doing shows, hitting the gym, right away from my taxes, which would be nice. And then on Sunday, I'm still trying to figure out if, uh, if I'm coming home or, um, Jason is headed to absolute comedy in Toronto. Uh, they're going to be doing a staff party there on Monday, and then they're going to go check out a potential new absolute comedy room. Uh, you know, don't get your hopes up. The business is full of going to look at spots that may or may not be comedy clubs, but, um, you know, uh, Jay and I were talking about doing that together. So I'm just going to take a look and see how busy I am and how well, uh, the logistics are going to work out for that. But, um, I may end up, uh, in Toronto at the end of the weekend in the early next week. So, um, you know, I'll let you know, otherwise I'll be home just finishing up taxes. So, uh, super excited. It's gonna be a great fucking uh, week. I'm very, very excited. Thank you guys. Um, you know, just thank you for all the positive vibes and shit everyone was sending me. I really do appreciate that. Uh, I got one email this week, right? So if you guys want to send an email, send them to contact at one man podcast.com. I'm looking, uh, I want to start telling you guys about new experiences. It's been a little while earlier in the podcast, uh, especially back when Crystal and I were together, her and I used to go try things and do things. It was kind of cool to come back and tell a story of something I'd never done before. Um, 
And I almost want to try to create a new segment and one that might be just get you guys excited. Um, cause I know that when you guys are talking about trips and things that you've gone on and stuff like that, it, it, you know, you get excited about it and I like to hear about it. I like to hear about new things. The bucket lists, um, you know, were, were exciting for a while cause a lot of people were talking about things that they'd like to do. Um, so I'd kind of like to just, you know, maybe, uh, maybe ask you onesies out there to, to do, a. Maybe to get back into that and I'll try to do the same. I'll try to have a, uh, something every week, something new that I haven't done before, maybe something I haven't tried or, you know, and just, uh, and share a story with you guys. But at the same time, if you want to send in something, you know, maybe that you did or that you want to do just something new to you that, that, you know, not, maybe not necessarily, I mean, I know it sounds a lot like bucket list, but maybe just, you know, just doing shit, something new, do something outside your comfort zone that scares you that that's important to you. Right. Um, anyways, contact at one man podcast.com is the email guys do that up. And uh, my email this week comes from Tiff. Tiffany sends me an email saying, I'm sorry, you're feeling sucky and sicky. Well, I'm feeling better now. Uh, I even tried to subscribe you to a feel better box, but the $70 for a cup of soup, I wouldn't even do that for rich. Haha. <laughs> and I don't blame you. $70 for soup is not worth it, but a very kind thought. Uh, I hope you recover. Well, I, I have been, uh, in regards to happiness, I always try to look at it, not as I wake up happy, but what do I need to do to make me happy? Um, what can the world show me, uh, to make me happy and open my eyes to it? And, uh, sorry, world. Oh yeah. And would it give it, give me time and energy to fulfill my own happiness? Just saying, yeah, no, I agree. That's, that was the big thing for me with the happiness thing is like, I, I don't expect, I never was like, I'll wake up happy, but I was like, how do you get to a point where you're just like, cause happiness, if you're happy, right. Contentment, then what do you need to go out and do? Right. If you're like where you need to be, like even to just be like, oh, I got to maintain happy. Cause for me, I'd be like, okay, well, if I have a happiness and I have to maintain it, then that would create anxiousness and I'd lose the happiness right away. Like. I I'll, I'll share with you guys like how my, how my anxiety and my panic and frustration just sort of fuck me. I have moments where I feel good. You know, I don't know if it's the brain accidentally squeezing off a little too much dopamine or whatever, but I'll, I'll be sitting or, or laying down and just go like, Oh, like, you know, that feeling when you first jump into bed, like, Oh, Oh, I love my bed. I love my bed. Like, that's a good feeling. But sometimes I'm, 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 I'm sitting and I'm just like, you know what? I, I feel real good right now. I don't feel like I have to be anywhere or I have to do anything. It's a great feeling. And then the fucking next thought, and I'm not joking. I'm not saying like I sit there for 15 minutes or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, you know what? No, I mean like the second that first thought is done in my head, my brain will go, Oh fuck. There's, well, there's gotta be something that you need to do right now. You can't possibly just be content. You've got, there's always something that you've got to do. And then my brain will go, Oh yeah, I gotta get my fucking taxes done. And I gotta, I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta get that other thing too. Oh, and I've got that stupid thing in the car that needs to be like, I, I will immediately, like my anxiety will push me out of a state of contentment r right away. As soon as I recognize that I feel good, I reckon my, my anxiety immediately goes, well, there's gotta be something that, that, is stressing you out like which is crazy but it's not like it's a choice that's just how anxiety and panic and whether it's depression or or whatever the fuck it is but that's how that shit works so i'm not trying to be like you know oh i just want to get happy but my 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 thoughts and my fear would be okay well if i even even if i get too happy how do i maintain happy right because i mean be like oh i feel happy well fuck what well, well what could take this away what do i need to do to make sure that i don't lose this so I think those are the things that I need to focus on to, to do it. But that's why I said that my focus has now gone from like being happy to I'm fine. If the rest of my life, I'm always in the pursuit of happiness, but I want to be in pursuit of happiness in a healthy way, in a way that doesn't have me overthinking and being overly anxious. Like I'm fine to be like, you know what? Tomorrow can be better than today. You know, I could, I could be doing this. I could be, but, but at the same time, 
eliminating that fucking thought process that takes it out again, just to be clear, there's people who me go, just, you just don't, you just relax and don't think about it. Well, have you ever heard that, that psychological test? That's like, Hey, don't think of a pink elephant. You're gonna think of a pink elephant. That's how it works with telling someone, Hey, don't stress when you're stressed. Hey, don't panic. You know, you got to find ways to, to make it make sense for people who have these conditions. And unfortunately I haven't found a way to make it make sense for me just yet, but that's the, the journey that I'm okay with is to learn how to be that way. So for now I'm not there. And instead of being focused on happiness and worrying about like, well, how the fuck do I achieve something that doesn't even as a concept make sense to me fully, you know, to just, to just be in a way that you're like, all right, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to get up and do anything. Cause I'm already, I got everything I want. I'm good. Might not be thinking of the right way, but Hey, guess what? Always open to hear your opinions. Contact at one man podcast.com. That's the, that's the journey guys. So <laughs> thank you for listening to the episode. Look at this. They're getting shorter. All I have to do is get the flu, right? 30 minutes last week, minute, uh, hour 10 on this one. We're good to go. Um, I appreciate you guys being out there. Thank you to the sponsors. Summers be absolute. TK books, uncle John's bathroom reader at portablepress.com. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, as I mentioned, as always, I'm on the social media, right? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, find us on there and, uh, and send some love, you know, little likes, little follows. We appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I'll have some new stories for you next week, right? Exciting stuff to talk about. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you then. <laughs>